Let's do it. Cinema. I am one of your hosts, Johnny Krug, and with me as always is my friend Rick. What's up, mate? <laughs> oh, man. It, it's, it's pretty awesome to be back already because we just uh, discussed a movie, what, like a week ago, which is really cool. Yeah, it's it's nice to, you know, put one um, uh, show out, you know, not necessarily three months away from each other. So, yeah, it's going to be kind of cool to <laughs> be semi back on track, right? I like to have my short bus cinema like Jamie Lee Curtis likes to have her uh, her movements. <laughs> Activia! <wants> regular. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's great to be back with you all. And with us today, we have a great friend of the show, uh, Joseph from the Hysteria Continues podcast. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going quite well. I want to thank you both for inviting me on for Miami Connection. And I wanted to ask you guys, are you two Orpuns? <laughs> we are we are all orphans. We are orphans. <laughs> oh, absolutely insane! <laughs> it, it, the, it, today we're doing a Miami Connection, and the, and the good thing about this movie is, is you have a lot of people who think they can act, but the one person who's got the most passionate delivery of lines is pretty much. <laughs> Uh, you can pretty much can't discern what he's saying. He's, he's a phonetic actor. Let's just say that. Very phonetic. <laughs> well, I have to say, this show, Short Bus Cinema, was built for this movie. This, this movie is the pinnacle of what we had in mind when we started doing this show. So, folks, I mean, <laughs> this is one you actually have to say, yes, you need to go out and and. Feast your eyes. <laughs> oh yeah! Upon this one, so we can't wait to get into this one, man. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun in this one. Show enough. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Get out of the way! All I know is today's October the thirty-first. Thirty-one backwards is thirteen. It's Friday. It's Halloween. 13th anniversary of the lawnmower killings. It's a crazy loose. It's prom night. Hi, this is Tracy Savage. Debbie from Friday the 13th, Part 3. For the best podcast ever on old slasher movies, be sure you find Hysteria Continues. You will be glad you did. And hey, stay out of Crystal Lake, okay? Every episode, we celebrate a classic slasher movie, such as Friday the 13th, Halloween, My Bloody Valentine, Happy Birthday to Me, and uh, Crazy Fat Ethel 2. The Hysteria continues, bringing Slash with Panache since 2011. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and all good podcatchers.
now for our feature presentation. And we are back with Miami Connection from 1987. I think the IMDb score for this was a six point something, but I, I for some reason, didn't wow. write it down. <laughs> well, I mean, I think movies like this and Samurai Cop, uh, they have, I don't know, they have enough redeeming qualities that people can throw them on and have fun with them. Um, I don't know if that's the same 6.1 as you would get from, like, a really good horror movie or action movie, but for this movie, it's pretty special. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, this is written and directed by Wu-Sang Park and Y.K. Kim, who's actually in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, but it looks like Y.K. Kim did a lot of the uh, pickup directing and a lot of, uh, like I guess, like additional whatever the dialogue needed to be punched up. <laughs> A lot more orphans. He's the one. He's the one they want to get to do the ADR on this film. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Um, This movie stars Y.K. Kim. He's probably the only person who went on to do a lot of... uh, I think he did choreography, fight choreography, if I'm not mistaken. But um, Vincent Hirsch, Joseph Diamond, Maurice Smith. Um, I was kind of hoping it said Dustin Diamond. That would have been fun. (laughs) It's a screech taking off. (laughs) He's like the leader of the baddies. You. <laughs> hey, but uh, Ricky, man, go ahead and uh, get us into this. Okay, but I mean, you know the the thing about this is, uh, the movie starts off. You get a skyline going on, and it says somewhere in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what you got going on at the very beginning for the first three minutes of this movie, there's no dialogue. It's all just so been a head nodding. Why couldn't they just say? Why couldn't they just say in Miami? Why does it have to be like somewhere in Miami? Right, exactly. So, <laughs> just trying to drive up the mystery in case people wanted to go by and see where these scenes were shot. They didn't want to have a specific location, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what you got going on here is two sets of drug lords getting together, and you can tell which one the drug lords are because they're wearing hats. Everybody, everybody else is just in plain clothes, but the two guys that are wearing the hats. That's your that's your drug overlords going on here, and uh, again, just a bunch of uh, taking packages, cutting them open, sticking your finger in it, put it in your mouth, nodding your head. I'm a drug lord. I mean, that's kind of what's happening. <laughs> well, he's like straight up fun dipping that cocaine, man. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's, it's just straight up at like a you know one of those mixed packs of fun dip. Yeah, he did. He dipped his. His pinky in it like five times. I feel like there's a um, I feel like there's a theme going on here because this is my second guest appearance on Short Bus cin- uh, Cinema, and my first appearance, uh, the film opened with um, a drug, a yep. cocaine thing. It was a, they right. call me Macho Woman. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. If I come back again in the future, you guys got to pick some sort of cocaine laced film for, for us to cover. Next visit, <laughs> Scarface. Ooh. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the the way that you bust up a, a drug deal that's going on is uh, you, you bring in some ninjas because that's what happens, right, in Miami. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Miami ninjas who ride motorcycles. And, uh, and you get just a quick shot of the bikes on the road, but you don't think, okay, there's a bunch of ninjas driving the road down the road in Miami, you know, going to stop a drug bust. No, that's but that's what's happening. And... Um, the ninja well, something something uh, doesn't sit right with me. I feel like the, the whole thing of not being seen or heard in the Ninja Code 
just right. kind of thrown out the window here with the motorbikes. Well, yeah. I, mean, I, to- I totally agree. I mean, these are these are the most uh, open, casual ninjas you'll ever see in, in anything. Uh, yep, we're ninjas. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the extent of it. It's like, excuse uh, me for one moment. So I'm going to run up. through the Dunkin' Donuts and get a get a donut real quick on my motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you notice also before they get there, like half these guys, I know you said they're wearing hats and stuff, but they look like, it. you know, minus the Uzis, they look like they're in the Smooth Criminal video. <laughs> yeah, they go for the legit, you know. Drug dealer hat here, right? The gangster hats from the forties, you know. Well, one's almost like a like a cowboy hat, which is kind of weird, but you mm-hmm. know. But uh, yeah, man, I like what, like what Joseph said. I'm going through the Dunkin'. I need one with sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> That's not at all racist. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so when they show up, you get some throwing stars going on and hitting people in the throat, and some action starts happening, and. The first thing is you got people shooting Uzis at ninjas, and they're shooting in the dirt, but you're hearing, you know, <laughs> you're seeing sparks fly up out of the dirt. And you're, yeah, you're, you're, the ricochet you're sound the ricochet is, like, sounds. very prominent in this film. And yeah. they're hitting dirt, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, and then the, the ninjas ultimately win, and they drive off on their motorcycles. And then it cuts to the dojo, which I don't know if this is the next day or the next morning or whatever, because it seems like it's daylight. But uh, the leader, Lashido, Lashido, <laughs> Yoshido comes in. <laughs> Judge Ito. Lashido, Judge Ito. <laughs> <laughs> comes in and uh, he's like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I got the drugs. Great, great score on the drugs, but you forgot the money, which is, you know, kind of. You know, just as equivalent as important as the drugs were. But, uh, you know, again, we've got Miami Ninjas. What do you expect? Them to do everything right? I think it's the very next scene. You say Miami Ninjas. I feel like this is the uh, Jason Takes Manhattan of martial arts movies. Because in the next scene, it, it like, basically... uh, Because isn't the dojo also in Central Florida, like Orlando? Yeah, I mean, it, well, it keeps bouncing back and forth between the Orlando gang and these people in Miami, and it doesn't really. You do see a, a like a city line at one point. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, I actually lived in uh, that same area where a lot of that Orlando stuff was, and I'm just like, they're not even in Miami. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> again, I, I, maybe it's because that's where it started off, and that's where the drugs. The whole drug scene happened. But, uh, yeah, so you got ninjas that are stealing from drug lords to be their own drug lords and sell the drugs and keep their ninja school going, I guess. I I, I really don't <laughs> know. That's what the end the per- game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we well, we got to, you know, got to keep the lights on, so let's sell coke. <laughs> we cannot cross the dojo. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And so now we get the we get the ninja gang driving down the road, and we get a band montage during the opening credits. So here we are, folks, with the opening credits of the show after the big showdown with the ninjas and the drug lords, and uh, we got some great music going on. And the ninja gang is riding up to town, and like I said, the band's playing in the background. Man, uh, the ninjas are meeting up with an Orlando gang. So if you're not confused yet, we, we're we bouncing back and forth 
we got two gangs now of ninjas and these other morons that are now a team. I was watching this um, and I was thinking to myself, how many gangs are involved in this coat deal? I mean, this must be some high quality and, you know, stuff. Well, when you know you got dude over there doing the dipping sticks in it, I mean, it must be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about what we see on the stage. And if you've seen any previews or anything, if you've looked up anything on this movie, this is what you see. We've got a band called Dragon Sound. Um, we're friends forever. <laughs> oh, man. Their songs were all about the friendship. And yes. Not not just one. They had several about friendship. And can we talk a little bit, just a little bit about, like, I was reading a synopsis on this, and it's like a group of ethnically diverse uh, friends <laughs> or who are all orphans, and yet they all have, like, very nondescript names. Jim. <laughs> Tom. Joe. James, yeah, John. I mean, it's like everybody's yeah. everybody's name is a J. Mark. <laughs> or it's like one syllable. It's like Mark. <laughs> well, and we find out why in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because so, of all those YK Kim rewrites. We're gonna we're gonna. I've got a sample of the the main song. So if you don't believe me about the songs, here you go. Here's a nice sample. It's like a Christopher Cross song or something. <laughs> Sailing. <laughs> Sailing takes my breath away. <laughs> it's, you know, Michael Cimbala, uh Christopher Cross sounding tune, right? <laughs> it's like, Dude, a, like it I totally the Flash Grant soundtrack. <laughs> Michael, yeah, he did Maniac, right? Michael Cimbala? Yeah, right. Nice. <laughs> I love Tom's uh, guitar solo skills. <laughs> a little finger tapping going on. So let's talk about yeah. this band for a minute. This is the way you're going to understand this group that we're following. So, like you said, Tom, our guitar player, who's singing the song, is dead up John Oates from Holland Oates, man. It is. I mean, oh my God, that mustache is exquisite. <laughs> And the bass player, who is an, another main character, here, looks like Ross from Friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then you got your Jackie Chan guy over here that's you know fake playing the guitar very badly. Oh, dude, it's it's like it, it's almost cr- more cringy than watching someone air guitar. It, it's it's like he's playing Guitar Hero because he's just he's 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 not even using his hand to pick right. He's just holding his hand over the string and swinging the guitar back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you got uh, Jim, who I called Lamar when I was watching this. <laughs> uh, uh, super high voice. Uh, trust me, you're gonna hear him on here. And then the. Nice. <laughs> My father! My Jim, father! <laughs> Jim is the best character in the film, and you're going to find out why. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh, and then, yeah there's, awesome. then there's Jane, which is the, the, the girl that there's really no explanation except that she's Ross's girlfriend. Uh, and so we got the band playing, uh, and then the gang leader. So you got, you got your ninja group. Who's teamed up with this Orlando gang? And the leader of the Orlando gang, the the leader of it is the brother of Jane. So they're like, "Hey, are you okay with your sister being up there with those guys in that band?" 
And he just kind of huffs and puffs and walks away, right? So we're already getting this thing of, uh-oh, going to be some bad blood. And, uh, you know, she's up there just rocking out with Ross. And then it just cuts to the next day at college. Well, guess what, folks? They're all college students. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you get this weird part where they're at college and Jane's in here in a computer arts class or computer science class, whatever it is. And Ross comes in and is making faces at her. And you're like, yeah, this is pretty lame. <laughs> Hi. He's like motioning her to meet him outside or whatever. But it shows them walking together. And, uh, wow. She talks about her brother. And he's like, hey, so do I get to meet your brother? I want to meet your brother. And that'd be nice. And all this kind of crap. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. She's like, well, you know, he's he's not really a nice person. He's really jealous. Uh, he's paid for everything I've ever done. And he's really jealous about the things that I do. And I'm like, well, he's paying for everything. Why wouldn't he be, right? Well, I mean, his relationship to her is basically like, it's very uh, incestuous, (laughs) almost. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like he owns her. Yeah, he owns her because, uh, you know, he's paid for everything. And and she because they make the comment in there about how he gets jealous of all her boyfriends. I'm like... Jealous or are like are cautious. I like I you know there's there. I feel like that was another pass of the script. They could have chose a different word. You've gone through about nine minutes here. You've gotten a classic song from the band, but right here we are about to hit pay dirt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is where the movie starts oh. kicking in, and it never lets go from this point. So we've established the characters. You're confused on the gang members from all the four different gangs, but right here. It doesn't matter because we can talk about uh, what was it YK Kim? Was that his name? YT Kim? Whatever it was. Yeah, YK. Y2K. Y2K. <laughs> Y2K. <laughs> and uh, we can talk about him. Um, we can talk about him being the worst actor, but I really don't think he's the worst actor, man. <laughs> well, it's like I put in my notes. I'm like. He doesn't just struggle with his English. He just struggles with the concept of talking all together. Yeah, obviously he does not know English well at all. But you know what? He doesn't know how to talk at all. But he is <laughs> terrible. He is out acting this other guy. I mean, just unreal. So the 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 brother of Jane. Well, it looks like Casey. Are you about to play a clip? Oh yeah, yeah. This brother looks like Casey Kasem with a beard. That's kind of what he looks like. So he jumps out of a Mercedes in full camouflage regalia <laughs> with a with a tiger tooth hanging off his ear for an earring. I mean, this dude is legit. And uh, yeah, man, we get this uh, this great uh, conversation where they kind of meet each other for the first time. It kind of goes like this. This is my friend John. Well, Jeff, I heard a lot of good things about you. Where'd you find this son of a bitch? He's a friend of mine from school. A friend? A friend. <laughs> How can you act like that? Shut up! <laughs> so, I mean, he just snaps and says, A friend! Oh my gosh, man. I just, I lost it. 
when this guy came on the screen trying to be all tough and <laughs> the, the acting is that pitiful. It's like the sound guy. Uh, it's then, like the sound guy told all the actors, "Hey, hey, man, uh, the diaphragm on my mic is broken. If you could all just scream at the top of your lungs, that'd be great." <laughs> yeah. So he punches Ross in the face. <laughs> he drops down to his knees, and then out of nowhere comes uh, the 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 rest of Dragon Sound. They all show up. And we get a little more confrontation, which, again, here's where you get one guy who can't act and the other guy who is trying his best to act but really can't talk. So you kind of get this. Are these bums your friends? There's just some misunderstanding. <laughs> you don't understand. I'm her brother. When I tell you to leave her alone, leave her alone. <laughs> Whatever you say. Just remember what I said if you don't want to get hurt. You don't scare me at all. Jane, I want to talk to you later. <laughs> Goodbye. You don't scare me at all. At all. <laughs> yeah, he repeats it. I love it. Oh, man. Oh. He, he's very, very hot and cold with uh, his um, mood. Because I feel like one scene he's screaming about a friend and the next one, don't go near my sister. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure I haven't watched it enough to look at everybody else's faces that's gathering around them to see if there's people actually going, is this a movie? Are you guys shooting a movie? Because this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we get our first confrontation. So now we already know this guy doesn't like Dragon Force because of his Dragon sister. Force. <laughs> Dragon Force. <laughs> Dragon Sound. <laughs> If this band was Dragon Force, we could let a lot of the the cruddiness go pretty easily. Well, I was about to say, I mean, is, is there really that much of a difference? I mean... I don't remember Dragon Force having one damn song about friendship. No. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so, uh, this, this next scene... It's probably my favorite because we come straight out of this back to the club where they were playing the night this. before. <laughs> and scene. you see this, you see the, a bunch of guys coming in there that looks like, I don't know, man. They look like anything but musicians. <laughs> but apparently they were a band that used to play there that got fired. So Dragon Sound could be, I guess, the house band there or whatever. And so this band walks in, which they never mentioned the band's name, which is ironic because in most movies, when you're talking about bands that battle each other, the other band's going to have some mischievous name, right? No, oh, they yeah. never even mentioned the band. They must have really sucked. But uh, <laughs> well, they got replaced by a dragon sound. <laughs> <Yeah>. Good point. <laughs> but this guy walks in and he he walks up to the owner, and we get this man some more great ad libbing of. Terrible acting going on right here. What are you in here for, man? Waste my time? Bitch. I thought I fired you. Boy. Dude, yeah, you fired me once because of the goddamn dragon sound. That's bullshit. <laughs> they came in here to play goddamn songs for kids. Now, who you bullshit? They play a lot better than you, man. You're playing all the goddamn kitty music. Your music's for old Hey, look, buddy. Right, man. You don't know what music's all about. I tell you what, are you deaf? You sure don't know how to play, I tell you that. That's my ass. Got it? Tell me, That's it, buddy. I love how they filmed this scene um, with a lot of screaming in this room that has a lot of like reverb. So it's like extra annoying. <laughs> Dude, this is like some kind of like ninja redneck white noise machine in the back. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. That's what amazes me about this movie because it doesn't matter if you're a fat redneck band or if you're a, a club owner or if you're a college kid. 
or you drive a Mercedes and look like Casey Kasem. Everybody knows martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, when these venue because. Uh, it was it was the venue owner and that dude that get into it like their manager or something right yeah and yeah. and they both yeah they just start sparring in the middle of this damn bar <laughs> and, and and it's not like it's not like these guys look like they're gonna break out into anything they're literally just shouting like your typical yeah. schlubby looking <laughs> like bar owner <laughs> <laughs> fantastic man. It cuts to Jenny's brother at Ninja School so Casey Kaysen's talking business to. Uh, Yoshido, and uh, you know apparently they're tight. So you know the leaders of the the leader of the ninja and the leader of this little gang in Orlando are big buddies. And uh, it, it cuts from them talking business to the band eating before a gig, right? So they go to this little restaurant, and for no, I mean, it's a pointless scene except for there's something that happens a little later on that just happens to happen there too but this whole scene is totally pointless there's no dialogue there's there's nothing there's just sitting there eating and the guy that works behind the counter doing a mr miyagi kind of you know moving his head at him that's about it and if you notice the clothes they're wearing or the clothes they had on when they were at college but then they go to play the gig straight from here and they get their gig clothes but then when they leave that night they're wearing totally different clothes again (laughs) <laughs> not, not even the clothes they went in with. So it's like, uh, what's happening here? <laughs> Their laundry bill must be expensive. But yeah, we get uh, we we go back to the gig they were playing that night, and we get the song against the ninja. See, it's kind of like watching an episode of Jim here, right? Remember the cartoon Jim? <laughs> yeah. Where the the bands just they just write songs about whoever they're fighting tomorrow or whoever they don't like at the time. You know? Well, it's weird, too, because isn't this the song that uh, the girl sings on? Yeah. Well, and it's weird to me, too, because they're like, they made her seem like some kind of groupie that was pulled up on the stage during the first one. Yeah. And in this this song, she's fronting the band. She's the, she's the lead singer. She's like, I said she looks like a cross between uh, Linda Blair and Pat Benatar. So it's like Linda Benatar. I got a little bit of Lucinda Dickey from her, too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So here's here's and here's the thing about this. You can tell they just found a an applause crap crap an applause <laughs> clap sample and they don't line it up with the song. So the clapping is totally off from the song the whole time. It just it's kinda like your windshield wipers go into a song. Every once in a while they'll catch back up and be in time. Same thing with this clap. <laughs> Sounds like this. So that I, I told my wife that clapping is just throwing me off so bad. <laughs> dancing ninja, dancing ninja. <laughs> she really does. <laughs> she really does sound like Pat Benatar too, like that, like not as good, yeah. but like that same, yeah, style. Kind of what they were going for, yeah. But like I said, when they walk out, totally different clothes that they were wearing. Is did they just leave a set of clothes at the gig? To hey. You know, we don't want to wear the same thing leaving as we did coming in, so let's change into these other clothes. 
I don't understand. Maybe they, they're afraid of getting hounded and being noticed. But they're all ninjas, so they really shouldn't worry about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, technically, we shouldn't even see them in the movie at all, and yet they're very exactly. prominently. Yeah. Oh. Well, and of course, the reason why, I mean, you, you, got, you have to put this thing in perspective. Like you said, there was a ton of pickup shots when, when you know, YTK made this movie. Uh, <laughs> he, he had to go back and do pickup shots because he tried to get uh, distributors to pick it up. And they're like, this movie is crap. We're not going to carry this. And they told him what they thought was wrong with it. So he went back and made these other shots. And, and I really think that just like this right here there's a big scene right here where they're leaving the gig they've had a good night playing and now they meet up against the the old band that used to play there so so they went and tried to fight the owner of the place he kicked their butts now he's going to try to attack these guys you know the the band is going to attack dragon sound how do you think that's going to work out <laughs> well this this is the scene in the street yeah right? i mean this whole plot Right. This yeah. whole plot just sounds like it was written by a 12-year-old. It's just so ridiculous. Exactly. I said the exact same thing. I think that about the whole movie. Yeah. I said, this movie looks like, and I exactly said a 12-year-old. This movie looks like it was put together or written out by a 12-year-old. I mean, because this is like, this is play, like yeah, let's go play in the streets and fight. This is like 12-year-old G.I. Joe play out in the yard stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, we're well, a band. Well, we, we play we play rock music, but then we're martial artists and we fight ninjas and we fight drug lords. I mean, it sounds like, you know, yeah, an episode of GI Joe or something, but with well, dude, like they they never uh, they never they never hit a certain tone that, they, that they're going for in this movie. If you think about it, uh, I was. It's, it's like every other scene, you're either in an episode of you can't do that on television. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you're in a very hard R canon film. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. they, they they can't distribute it to what they want it to be. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, so the guy got a machete to the face, but now we're singing songs about friendship. Yeah, again. it's like that's what I noticed. It's like, it's like five minutes ago they were singing about like friendship forever, and now there's like this gaping wound on this dude's neck, pouring blood out. It's like so random. <laughs> it really is. And the first time I saw this movie. I, I saw the trailer beforehand, and it didn't have any of the. I mean, it just had like the regular karate fighting and stuff. And uh, when I, when I finally saw it, and the first dude gets like you know an arterial blood spray out of his neck, I'm like, whoa, that's not. I didn't expect that at all. It's it's just a weird combination of stuff. And so, anyways, we we got the beat up band who's already had their butt kicked by the owner of a club. And uh, they're following them, and then they've got a roadblock of all these other people. I'm like, well, how many people's in this band? <laughs> how many there, people? I mean, is this like Earth, Wind, and Fire? <laughs> it's like how many people want to cause harm to uh, Dragon Force or, or whatever their name is? It's like everybody wants to do this band harm. It's like even Jake's yeah. Jake's grandmother down the road is probably like, yeah, I got a problem with Dragon Force or Dragon Sound. I'm gonna go throw my cane at them today. <laughs> it's like everyone's after them. Right, it's it's kind of like the ending of the Blues Brothers, right? Yeah. They had the Nazis, the SWAT team, everybody's <laughs> chasing them. It's kind of got that feel to it. But you know, they make this big blockade, and there's all these guys in jeeps with bats, with you know, barbed wire wrapped around them and stuff, trying to stop them. I'm like, so are these the f- either these guys are actually in the band, and they can't make enough money to pay everybody, or these are the fans. <laughs> Hey, I gotta go support my band. We're gonna go kill uh, another band tonight. So, uh, 
Yeah, interesting. So we get uh, another shot of uh, Mr. Yells a Lot, who's the leader of this band. He kind of looks like the guitar player from Alabama. <laughs> but that's that's, my, that's, pretty, uh, that's a pretty good uh, comparison. My aunt used to date the bass player from Alabama. That's a true story. Uh, oh, oh wow. yeah, the guy the guy that had one eyebrow. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very odd specific thing to know yeah. about him. Ricky, the man who knows well, about Alabama's the- eyebrow situation. Well, I mean, you you had you know you had the the lead singer guy with the really long hair. You had the cool blonde drummer in the back. You had the big chubby guitar player, and you had the bass player that had one eyebrow. What else you need to know? It's kind of, it's kind of like how I describe everything on this show, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get back to this. Uh, so yeah, here's the uh, the confrontation, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Get this car out of this goddamn town. You got it, pal? Listen to me. I don't want to have any trouble. I just get the job from Asian. What? On bottom of us. Oh, shit. I'm going to give you all the problems you ever thought of, pal. How is everyone yelling? Why? You know what I love about this scene is, uh, you, have you both seen, uh, Bordello of yes. Blood. Yes. That that dude that's, that keeps yelling, he reminds me of the dude at the bar that's like picking up the dudes for the vampires. He's like, the goddamn car. And it's like, GD this, GD that. Oh. This guy, man. I just love the, listen to me. <laughs> and then he says something about, I don't want to travel. I was try- I'm sure he said travel, but it's not like travel. <laughs> I want to hear it again. I don't want Let's to travel. You remember that hot shot? I'm gonna tell you what, you get your ass and get this car out of this goddamn town. You got it, pal? Listen to me. Listen to I me. I don't want to have any trouble. I just get the job from Asian. Don't bother us. Don't. <laughs> I'm gonna give you all the problems you ever thought of. He said, don't, don't oh bother us. Don't bother? Don't bother us. Dude, like, what? What is? I'm not even like. I can't. Do you say I got a job from an angel or what? Do you I don't say? know. Age, agent. It's agent. Oh. I think I get a job from agent. Okay, because both times I heard angel, I'm like, is this going supernatural now? I just love the. It's like he became a South Park character. Listen to me. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> And just this guy, he says, got my ass kicked. You remember that hot shot? Well, no, they don't remember that. They weren't even there. You went to that club by yourself, got your butt kicked by the eight, by the guy that runs the club, and you expect them to know about it. <laughs> I, yeah, the, I would love to have seen, like, I, I'm pretty sure they didn't have table reads, but I would love to see them if they did. Oh. Uh, just, listen, it, listen to me. I think their, um, their table reads were probably, like, their first take, actually. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> their only like, take. That's not worse, Their right? only take, actually. Oh, man. Incredible. So, so guys, here we are. Oh, this is... We're doing a movie... We're doing a movie called Miami Connection. We've had ninjas. We've had drug lords. We've had motorcycles. We've had rock bands. Nothing will Martial arts. What are we missing? Oh, my God! Oh, so, it's, uh, it's Lamar. 
uh, or or Jim yeah. in the movie. Uh, and and I've got this whole clip, guys, because I there's no way I could edit it out. <laughs> and 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 we don't want to miss the glory of this thing. I've even thought about next time somebody asks me something at work, I thought about just learning this whole dialogue, <laughs> monologuing. And just, yeah, and just saying it. <laughs> I can imagine it's like, hey, Rick, man, what do you want to do for lunch? My father. <laughs> Amazing. So here you go. Here's a taste of, uh, this is this is the story in a nutshell of what this movie is about, I think. Sorry, I was hiding from this from you guys. Oh, man. But this looks like. Your brother, I didn't know you had a brother. No, you had a brother. It's my father. What? This is your real father? Yes, it is. Are you sure? I didn't know you had a father. <laughs> I thought we are all orphans. For this scene, when I was when I was watching this and I was taking my notes, I said, "Jim drinks liquid gold and shits Oscars." <laughs> Dude, do you have the the audio of when he opens that mailbox? Oh yeah, oh yeah, we'll we'll Dude. get there. Oh, I thought that already happened. Was it? Oh no, no, no. That's this later. Is, this yeah, is, yeah. This is where the first guys where Ross is holding the letter away from him and he can't get it from him. Give it to me. Give me the letter. You know, no one's really wearing. Okay, first of all, nobody. <laughs> Most of them aren't wearing shirts. But, <laughs> All of them, yeah, yeah. But 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 Lamar's walking around with his fly down and his like pants. Yeah, he's like showing like yeah, he's what? showing like the top of his roof, like <laughs> the, <laughs> the underwear sticking out of his shorts. I'm like, dude, put some fucking clothes on. Well, well I think he's <laughs> he's got the towel on him. And he's he just said I'm I'm about to go jump in the shower. And so I mean that that's his that's his thing. And, and later on, when we get to the mailbox scene, he's wearing the same thing. He's even got the towel on his shoulder. <laughs> well, there's two. There's. It's like is, is this his routine? Whenever before he goes to the bath, he's he's got to read a, a letter from something. Uh, yeah. Oh, I forgot. I got all my clothes off. I better go check the mailbox. Not though. only Jim's monologue. Jim's monologue is great, but there's like so much in this scene to point out. For one, like. He comes. He's like, "Hey guys, I'm gonna take a shower first. They're like, "Okay." He's like, "Then they're like, "Hey, you trying to wake up the neighbors?" Yeah, are you trying to wake up the neighbors? Hey, what's going on here? Who's trying to wake up the neighbors? He says it like ten times. 
And then they, they positioned the camera to like, kind of like focus on all the guys walking toward Jim. And then like uh, Mark, the, the Oriental guy, I can't, I can't remember his name, but uh, he walks like very slowly. Like he doesn't know how to pass the camera. So it's like, it's not, it's bad enough that he can't talk, but he can't even walk. It's, it's like, <laughs> oh, absolutely amazing, man. I, I swear I'm going to learn that and just rip it on somebody sometime. <laughs> and look at their face afterwards and just watch them stand in amazement and stand up and start clapping when I'm done. And I, love, I love the music, the background music. It's just like so heart stringy. You know what? I might even record that and have it on my phone yeah. and just start playing it in the background. Yeah, you're like, excuse me for one second. You hit the button to play it and you start doing the monologue. Yeah, go look out a window and start doing the lines. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but I like him because he left us. Yeah, I love it. I do like him. It's like it's like a toddler. Would he's tell like you. he's like yeah. my mama. She's Korean. I'm like, dude. I'm like, you got your genes from your dad, obviously, because you have. If I, you're I, Korean, I'm Donald no Trump. If you're Korean, I'm Donald Trump. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting there thinking about like, like I didn't think he was any part Asian before he started monologuing. <laughs> It's yeah, that's crazy. And then, uh, come on, man, the orphan thing. I mean, <laughs> we are orphans. Well, I thought we were all orphans. <laughs> well, I lied to get in the band. <laughs> and Mark is standing there. He's just sta- when he when he asks him, he's like, "Is this your brother?" He's standing there like he's gonna fist fight him. He's like, he's all tensed up. He's like in a martial arts pose almost. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's man. my father. Oh. I don't know you have father. Yeah, he's like, he's like, is this your brother? It looked just like him. I'm like, wow, that's not racist. You can say this. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what are you trying to say there, buddy? <laughs> oh, man. Fantastic. What are we missing? An Oscar moment. That's right. A beach montage. Oh, the beach montage. Which is about as pointless as, as the end credits for this movie, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, I guess we're trying to do some character building. I think what it really comes down to is, hey, we're about uh, 10 minutes short for this movie to be considered an actual film, so we need to shoot some filler. So let's just go cruise the beach for a little while. Harass women. (laughs) Harass women, fall in a bunch of them. You know, put your hands in places they don't belong. Watch John Oates get, you know, kicked in the face a few times by some women. And then, uh, then you got uh, Ross and his girlfriend just out in the water, just get about to get it on. And it's like they got music behind everything else, but when they're out there doing their thing, it's like it's just awkwardly quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know, and it never gets as sexy as a beach montage scene in an '80s movie. How many how, uh, how many montages are in this movie? Because I counted like six, I think. That's a ton. There are a lot. And, and you get complete songs too when they're playing live. Yeah, it's not like so they're just yeah, they're just, it's a, yeah, they're just eating up the clock. It's not like quick cuts <laughs> to get from one scene to the next. This is like, hey man, we our movie's only like twenty minutes long. Let's just film a bunch of music videos. That's almost it, exactly it, what this movie feels yeah. like. Here's a weird argument for this too, because when it comes to the action sequences, they're really not that terrible. I mean, for for this time period of when it came out, there's some definitely miss cues on some stuff where guys are just standing there with a bat over their head waiting for the guy to kick them. But 
for the most part, the martial arts in this is almost on par with a lot of canon stuff. Yeah, I mean, not to jump, not to jump yeah. too far ahead, but once you get to the ending of the film, I think some of the fights there are pretty well choreographed, actually, against all odds. Yeah, so, I agree. <laughs> Take a look at me now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we go from the beach montage and we go to a martial arts gym <laughs> because that's where Casey Kasem's hanging out in his cool studio office, yeah. which does look looks it definitely looks like something out of Scarface. Yeah. Um, and our band that just got beat up by the club owner and just now got beat up by uh, Dragon Sound now goes to this martial arts gym to get Casey Kasem to beat up the band. That's how desperate they are to get. I'm sure there's other clubs. It's Orlando. I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's got to be other places to play. Yeah. <laughs> so the club owner was trying to get them to beat up the band he hired. No, is the they, other band hired? The, the, yeah, the band is going to Casey Kasem and wanting him to get rid of the band, which he already knows about the band because his sister's in the band. <laughs> So that's how it all comes together, right? So we get uh, we get this scene that really makes no sense whatsoever. I've, I've listened to this like four times, trying to figure out where the guy's getting a benefit out of this, because <laughs> he says some pretty stupid stuff. What do you want? I'm the leader of a group that played out of Park Avenue. We got fired, and then the new group beat us up. So what? <laughs> so what? <laughs> I need you to get rid of them, get my job back. If you do, I'll join up with you. It's just one thing you got to know. They're all black belts in Taekwondo, and they're pretty bad. If you get my job back for me, any money I make is yours. And if you beat them up... It's a damn band again. If you beat them up, any money I make is yours. What? And if you don't beat them up, I'll join your group. Well, how does that make any sense? This guy's not, You're not sweet in the pot. This guy's not benefiting from this at all. It's like, okay... <laughs> It's like, hold on, hold on. So, so if, if you do this for me, you can buy me dinner later. <laughs> like, what? What? And the whole idea of he thinks if he beats up Dragon Sound, he'll get his job back at the club where he went and got in a fist fight with the owner. <laughs> I don't think these people realize uh, that's not how how employment works. Hey, if they're dead, we're the next band in line. If they like it or not. <laughs> It's just so bizarre. Yeah, they're treating it like it's a hierarchy ideas. or something. It's like, well, we're they're finally yeah. gone. We can play now. Incredible. Like, Absolutely incredible. It's like the joke would be like, well, Dragon Sound's dead. Let's play. They're going to let us finally play. Oh, man, I forgot my fucking Wawa pedal. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. This guy just got his butt kicked in, in the streets. Him and all of his 25 band members by these guys, but all of a sudden he knows that they're all black belts in Taekwondo. How does he know that? Yeah. And how many no members idea. are in this band? It's like I refer to him as, as Earth, Wind, and Miami Connection because there's so many members. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, just... Yeah. Oh, by the way, they're they're all black belts in Taekwondo, and they're really good. Well, if they're black belts, yeah, moron, they are really good. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh just uh, and how do you know? How do you know? You confronted him. You called him some names. He said, "Listen to me," and he kicked your butt. And all of a sudden, you know he's a black belt. He, he never once said, "Don't mess with me. I'm a black belt." <laughs> it's like more stereotyping, uh, buddy. I'm getting. I'm just. I'm getting angry over this guy. You know, making up accusations about people you don't even know. 
So, uh, how do we know that they're black belts in Taekwondo? Because we have a Taekwondo montage that goes on for 15 minutes. This thing is just like, why are we why are we watching this? I mean, I understand showing a little bit of training, but showing, you know, full routines. <laughs> that, that they're, I'm shocked that someone didn't, like, they yeah. didn't have a scene of a guy going to the store to get, like, some raw eggs and some protein powder to work out. It's just, uh, it goes on forever. And, of course, they're out there in the tall grass out at, they're on the campus somewhere, I guess. And I don't know if y'all noticed or not, but just see their feet the whole time? No. Nasty. Absolutely <laughs> nasty. Like, oh, 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 you're, oh, you're talking about when, like, uh, he's pinching his nose with his toes and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell was that? Why is he doing that? I mean, just... The story is, and I don't know if we want to talk about this now, but there's a reason why all this is like it is. We may save it to for a wrap-up, but, you know, we have to show that they're training because they are black belts in Taekwondo, even though dude just magically knows that. Uh, <laughs> and then it ends with this weird kind of mouth punch thing that he does to one of his, I don't know if it's Ross or the other guy, but he, like, puts his knuckles, like, right in dude's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and just stands there like, yeah, you're going to lick on these and you're going to like it. <laughs> That's a knuckle sandwich, all right. And then they sit down after they practiced after a long, hard routine of taekwondo. And the drummer wants to quit the club because he don't want any trouble, right? Well, we just fought that band and I, I don't want any trouble. And they're like, what are you, some kind of pansy? You're out here learning taekwondo. I would love if this is how um, the band scenes actually worked, where they just would fight each other like gangs. Well, I think I think Axel Rose tried that back in the 80s. That's <laughs> how they resolve all their differences, throw some punches here and there. Then the drummer comes up with this crazy world tour idea. Oh my god, oh. yeah. We, my wife and I were cracking up at this. <laughs> I mean, guys, you've played at one club in Orlando, and your college kids. Yeah, and apparently it's the only club in Orlando. Well, you guys so, don't know how internationally known friendship is. So they come with the, the, he comes up with this crazy idea of them going to every country that each person in the band is, I don't know, representing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they do talk about like, uh, like uh, their heritage and stuff, right? Yeah, we can go play in Israel, and I'm going. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, buddy. No. <laughs> and then we can go to Italy, and we can go to Africa. I'm like. What? Oh, God. Yeah, it did feel like they were walking a, a very tight rope there with the, where they were going with that. I mean, you can see kind of what they were trying to do and show this unity and everybody's the same. And I get all that, but it's oh, just it's like, like Captain Planet. Oh, yeah, that's exactly Planet. what I was going to say. This movie feels like a Captain Planet episode. A bad one. Or maybe the Mr. T cartoon. Yeah. Well, that was Gymnastic Kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> So out of this, the band's like, yeah, sure, drummer. That sounds like a great idea, and you can do a drum solo. And they like wink at each other like, yeah, he's fired next week. <laughs> uh, now it cuts back to the restaurant where earlier we had a scene that didn't make any sense at all. And uh, there's a group of hoodlums in there that just decide they don't want to pay for the food. And Mr. Miyagi goes out there and kind of tries to clean their clock, but they push him down on the ground and try to beat him up. Dragon sound shows up, and you know they're like, oh, you were doing good out there, punching them. And, and he gives them the Miyagi speech of, Taekwondo, 
not about fight. It's in your head and in your heart, you know, that kind of thing, in your mind and in your heart kind of thing. It's like, yeah, we've already seen this before. We don't have to see it again. And that's the extent of having this uh, guy that runs the restaurant. What it really comes down to is half the people in this movie are students of YTK. He's just sticking people in spots here and there just to make a movie. And, uh, <laughs> I, you know, we, we cut off that and we go back to some more on stage clips where they're doing Taekwondo in the middle of some of their songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the scene, like, directly after this, whenever uh, John O's gets kidnapped or my. Yeah, we're getting close because the they. they uh, Walk out to the car, and there's a note there that says to meet Casey Kasem and, and you know, go toe-to-toe with him. And then uh, you get uh, the Jane and Casey Kasem talk where she goes back to his place like, what are you doing? You trying to pick on my friends? He's like, look, I'm trying to take care of you. Friends? <laughs> friends? I'm Casey Kasem, and I'm going to kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is where they show up at the railroad station, right? So it's just three of them. You get the, you get the three guys that have been training Taekwondo. You get YTK and Ross and the drummer who's, you know, wanting to go on the world tour. So they drive out to this railroad station, and Casey Kasem's gang's there, and the band is there. And while they're standing there waiting for the car to show up, you get that, that sound effect of a hawk. <laughs> in the background. It's like, <laughs> but uh, I, lo- I love this fight though. This this railroad fight is oh yeah awesome. It's fun, man, because you know they the, and it's only the three of them, so it's not the whole band. And you're kind of kind of see this throughout. You got three of them that are pretty good martial artists, and the other two not so much. And uh, so they show up, get in a big fight. The thing that stands out to me is you, you got some pretty decent martial arts going on here. And you got that redneck dude with the long string of hair that hides down in a hole in the ground and pops back up. And he's like, come on, man, come at me. And he, like, just kicks him in the ribs and he falls down. And then you start hearing sirens go off. The guy you're talking about, the backup dancing hillbilly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, that guy was like, that was a trip because he, it's it seemed like it had to be comedic, right? That had to be intentionally oh, yeah. comedic. Okay, well, it's weird because, again, like, this scene wasn't that at all. This dude, like, jumps up and starts doing this, like, Britney Spears backup dancer routine. <laughs> yeah. But he looks like Cletus he, the Slackjaw. Yeah, yokel. you just get served. He lo- yeah, he, he looks like a guy that I went to school with that would be blasting Pink Floyd in his, you know, flatbed truck or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so then all of a sudden the cops show up because somebody must have called the cops because how would they have known that they're out here as a railroad station? But when they get there, everybody's gone, and the cops are like, we've got to put a stop to these gangs here in Orlando. And I'm like, well, good job there, police officers. Y'all are really on top of it. Well, it just seems to me like if, if they had more nightclubs, then they could just spread the gangs out, and then the, the, the crime rate would just drop a little. Totally agree. All you got to do is build another club, yeah. right? Yeah. And then if that wasn't enough for the montages, now we get the ninja and the bikers montage. Oh, my God. The ninjas show up on motorcycles at a biker club, like Little Sturgis or something. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, you got guys with long hair, no teeth, leather jackets, women with their boobs hanging out. Good times. You know, they never, it's weird because uh, as much as women are ogled in this movie, they never have any topless women. 
Well, it's just weird because like it's like you think that'd be one of the hard R things that they'd be pushing since they're kind of mimicking, uh, you know, like canon films and stuff. Oh wait, so you're saying the version you had didn't have any nudity in it? No. Oh really? The one I had did. Yeah. The really? Same one. Yeah. yeah. But you know, there's a there's a cut on YouTube that's all edited out. That's they took probably. All the, that's what I yeah. watched. Okay, it, they took all the cussing and everything out of that Joker. Well, no, the one but, I watched had cussing in it though. Well, it had you know it had some, but it didn't have. I mean, because it's like there's scenes cut out of the thing. I mean, it, but yeah, it, it totally cut the nudity. It's out. not a it's not super nudity heavy to begin with, but there is some in there. Yeah, yeah, these backer chicks, they're just yeah, you, know, you can tell they're just like, hey, I'm gonna be on TV, sure, here. <laughs> It's like girls going wild before it was even a thing, right? Yeah, less teeth involved. <laughs> these are all like these right. are all yeah. These are all the variety of like the Waffle House slash. I sleep on my back every night, so they hang below my uh, shoulders. Women, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like satchels, like like saddlebags. <laughs> satchels. <laughs> uh, this tattoo used to be a v- butterfly. Now it's a vulture. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like Rodan. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, anyways, we got uh, uh, Yoshio and, and Casey Kasem hanging out at the bar. And dude's got a college life cap on. It's like, what's the deal with all the college stuff here when obviously these people are pushing 40? And it's not like just a few of them. I mean, they're all like no. going into like middle age. <laughs> The youngest person is probably the girl, and and she's not she's not young. It's like John Oates is obviously forty five, and he, I think he's supposed to be like twenty one or something. And I don't buy it. Yeah. Well, and that's also like <laughs> the, that beach uh, montage scene where they're like cruising down, and he's like, I don't know, man. Like he seems so much older than all those girls. It's kind of creepy, actually. man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and we jump jump right out of this. And it goes back to another day at school, and there's a group, another gang in a car, all dressed in camouflage, and they uh, they kidnap John Oates. Yeah, and when they get him, and they put him in the car, and then when he shows up at the place that they're going to hold him hostage in, this little room, he's shirtless again. <laughs> he had a shirt when they threw him in the trunk. Now he don't have a shirt when they beat him up. It's like, so it's like the, what the heck is going on So here? it's the question you have to ask yourself is like, A, he either said, hey, dudes, look, I know you're going to tie me up, but can I take my shirt off? I'm kind of hot. Or B, or B, <laughs> the bad guys are like, get in here and think about what you've done. Oh, by the way, take your shirt off. I mean, what, either answer is going to be weird. And, and what was the reason for uh, kidnapping him? Was Did they think that that was like the uh, dragon sounds like ace in the hole? I mean, no, he did the finger tapping, I guess. <laughs> I, you, well, they can't do friends forever if he's not in the band. Well, they'll just replace him. They'll just be like, well, we got, he's gone. He's dead. But, you know, we'll just get, we'll get Daryl Hall in here. He'll be the backup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here she come. And, and you're right. This is the thing I don't understand. They kidnap him. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I must have missed this, but do they leave anything behind to let them know, hey, we got John Oates, and we'll be at this location? Yeah, a copy of Private Eyes, single. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they just show up at this place, you know, and it's almost like an old mill yard or something. And It is. It's like, a, it's like a, a grain silo. 
Yeah, and they take John Oates and they like hang him up on time to a post on top of like a silo or something. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like um, I, there's a grain silo down here. I think it might be pretty cool to film at. We'll just throw that in there as well. Because why not? And they even make reference to. They're supposed to be here at certain at certain o'clock. You know, they're supposed to be here at so and so o'clock. And I say we just go ahead and shoot him down and get it over with. I'm like, who let them know where you are? <laughs> what time to be here? Because none of this has been established. Yeah, they've divined it somehow. <laughs> but anyways, you know what's going to happen? They're all sitting there waiting for Dragon Sound to show up. And guess what? Dragon Sound shows up. And from here, it uh, it gets pretty crazy because we've gone from just beating up casual band members of other bands and guys that you know just want to rumble to now we're going to start like actually killing people oh dude when we get to the finale of this later man there's no coming back from what they do so they sneak in this is nighttime there's several people that get like chopped up with swords and stuff and then Jackie Chud and, and Casey Kasem's fighting up on this ledge and and uh, then Ross just kind of shows up magically they're, they're climbing the staircase going up to the thing it's like he wasn't there at all and then it pans back down to him again and he's like patting him on the shoulder and he takes off running it's like he wasn't even there he wasn't even in the shot and now he just magically appeared <laughs> and takes off running and uh Casey Kasem gets up to the top and uh, falls to his death. I didn't expect that. I mean, like, when you first see this movie, it's just not... Because he seems like he's one of the main bad guys. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised, too, you know? Especially with, with with the story of who he is and who he's tied, how he's tied to the band and all that stuff. In, interesting twist, but you can tell it doesn't really matter at all. So well, it definitely doesn't matter to the sister. <laughs> that's what's amazing. It, it cuts from this to he goes back to Miami to Miami to the the ninjas, and uh, Yoshido is like upset now because he's heard that uh, that Casey Kasem's been killed. So now we're gonna have some ninja revenge. So because Casey Kasem got killed, now the ninjas are pissed off. You know what we gotta have here? A ninja man montage. We we got to show them training and getting ready to fight a band. <laughs> they took out two drug lords and all their druggy help, but they got to train to to fight a, a band. It's a hey dragon sound. After we kill you, wait till you see what we do to Def Leppard. <laughs> We're coming for your arm, Rick. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, Johnny, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a Def Leppard. They'd probably just get you know get Rick's arm out of the freezer and beat him to death with it. I don't know, man. I think all they had to do, and I, I've said this a lot of times, it's like when Rick Allen lost his arm, they kind of lost their balls too because <laughs> the songs just kind of went downhill, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's get, let's get, let's get, let's get right. Dude, adrenalize is the worst thing ever. <laughs> oh, terrible. <laughs> Next up is uh, Lamar's trip to the mailbox again. Jim's trip to the the mailbox. (laughs) So he's getting ready to take another shower, throws the towel over his shoulder, has his shirt already off, has his pants halfway pulled down. Oh, yeah, I need to go check the mailbox. And uh, (laughs) we we get this other nugget right here. So good. My father. My father. I found my father. Oh my god! What? What you say? What's going on? Oh, okay. Oh, god! Let me see. 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 Let me see.
Oh my god! <laughs> you know, you know the funny thing too is without seeing the scene and just hearing the dialogue, it just sounds like chaos. Man. It just like, like what is going on? Well, it's chaos like, when you're watching it too, man. I mean, because well, everybody's so, talking but nobody's saying anything. <laughs> well, it's the thing is like some people sound like excited, some sound angry. It's like, <laughs> picking emotion. Mark's like, you found your father. Uh, oh, I can't believe it. Then they start <clears> having <throat> the conversation because they've, they've saved John Oates. And so, you know, they went and saved his life, and now they're asking him for money. <laughs> hey, did you say you had some money left over? Yeah, I got about 200 bucks. All right, we're going to take it. We're going to buy Jim a suit <laughs> so he can meet his dad because that'll make a good impression. He's a rich girl, and he's gone too far. <laughs> Man, uh, it's just—it's so ridiculous that you know that's the first thought. Oh, we, we got to get you a suit. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, you—you—you you found your father. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can't wait till we mention his father later on because I have some notes about him. But it's, it's pretty epic. It is. It's the conclusion this movie deserves. It, it is. Yeah. So you know when they're celebrating with Lamar or Jim, and uh, they pick him up like Rudy. <laughs> And start carrying him around on the street. <laughs> and he doesn't doesn't it fade out to like a slow motion of it too? Sure, it's pretty great. It's great. And then uh, then you get the montage of going and picking out a suit and all this stuff. And then we come back to the house, and Jim gets out of the car, got his new suit on. He's looking sharp. And then we get a scene where Ross and Linda Benatar make up. It's a uh, it's pretty climactic because I guess Ross kind of thinks that. He's the reason that her brother died. She doesn't seem too worried about it. No, no. I mean, he basically is like, you know, we do what we have to do. And she's like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> We're not worried about that. We're, I was sad at first, but we got to be happy for Jim. He found his father. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I got a sound bite of that. It's right. Yeah. Sorry, I've been gone so long. I had a lot of thinking to do. I'm hurting inside. <laughs> I just couldn't stay away for long because I love you so much. I'm so sorry about what happened. I felt so bad about that. It's not your fault. I understand. You had to do it. We had no choice. I understand. It's all over now. <laughs> it's okay. We're happy for Jim. That's right. <laughs> Finally found your father. <laughs> Dude, she, she's, she's responding to him like they're talking about erectile dysfunction or something. It's like, don't worry. Yeah. It happens to everybody. It's just... <laughs> No biggie, no biggie. We, we were happy for Jim. Yeah, he finally found his father. I love how they always plug that in there. I, I love how this movie is just, it's basically just one martial arts scene after another, or just some ridiculous scene, but they have the time and the wherewithal just to include this, the subplot of Jim looking for his dad. Who knows for that? <laughs> well, and, and, and it's funny because it's almost like, I don't know a lot about how this movie was, like, I don't know what the pickup shots were. I assume it was a bunch of the montages, but it's funny because they introduce you to, to you know, the, you know, like the over-dramatized thing earlier, the speech he gives. <laughs> but the scene after that is when, you know, he gets the response letter and stuff and he's, he's super excited. But the thing that I, th- I think is the funniest is, like, it's almost like they shoehorned that story in just so they could, like, mess him up pretty bad coming up. Because they they it happens right after. Yeah, it's like they're they're, they're trying to get you to sympathize <laughs> with him and think, oh no, he's gonna die. But I'm just laughing at him. <laughs> so yeah, uh, now we've uh, we've got him a plane ticket. 
So he's, you know, Jim's going to go meet his dad. And we're taking a car trip to the airport. And guess what shows up? That's right, boys and girls. Ninjas on motorcycles <laughs> in broad daylight on main roads. Nobody sees this and goes, hmm, that's peculiar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this well, happens and, every and day they're, they're, at 2 o'clock during traffic rush hour. <laughs> you know, I don't want to, like, tell a ninja how to, to how to live their life or anything, but they're on a bunch of Hondas. I feel like they're just they're just reinforcing a stereotype. <laughs> oh, man. It's like they went, it's like they didn't, they weren't trained, they weren't trained by, like, any Japanese assassin. They went to, like, the, okay, we want you to go out there and vamp and be as loud as possible, Ninja Academy. Uh, yeah. It's the Otasco version of a ninja community. Otasco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a reference. You know, we're going to get the cheapest version that we can get here. Hey, you don't have to be real stealth. I mean, that's that's ninja folklore, you know. What you really got to do is drive a motorcycle and, uh, you know, do whatever we say. Because these are not good ninjas at all. Is this the scene where it's just three of them again, right? Yeah, because that's the three that can fight. Nobody else can fight in, in the team. Uh, John Oates is not a fighter, and, and Lamar is not a fighter. And we're about to find that out. Yeah, this is this is Ross and YTK and Jim in the car. They jump over the bridge because the ninjas have cut them off on motorcycles, and they just jump down into this kind of foresty area that's off a main road. Yeah. And they just, have a, just start having a big throwdown right here, man. And... During the fight, uh, Lamar gets slashed, man. Jim gets slashed, ruins his new suit. (laughs) (laughs) And and this sets everybody off, man. Right. So far, all of our heroes have been, they try to legitimately not hurt anybody unless they just have to. You know, besides the death of the main guy while ago, which everybody was celebrating. It's like, you know, guys, y'all killed somebody. Y'all might want to just lay low for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, that's the thing with this next scene. More than they're fighting in this, like, Florida State Park. It's... Yeah. This In this scene, it's like, you guys can never come back from this. You are murdering people. And when Lamar gets slashed, then they just snap. It's on from that point on. And what I love, this scene where, where Jim gets slashed, man... The reaction from YTK is incredible. Kind of sounds like this. (laughs) 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 So, folks listening... You decide which guy is the one yelling in compassion, and the other one's the one that's injured. Because <laughs> you can't really tell. <laughs> this this whole scene is just like comedic gold. Like the dude's got like a really severe. It, it looks life threatening. The, the slash across his chest. Oh yeah. But like the so they decide that dragging him through a uh, like a sewer runoff, <laughs> like a little yeah. a little retention pond <laughs> is going to be the best thing for. They're, they're literally just like pulling him through this thing. Well, then Ross. I thought the exact same thing. I was like, he probably would have been better off if you just left him laying where he was. Yeah. <laughs> well, like when Jim gets slashed up and he's laying there, and then like when they when they go to rescue him, Ross is like, uh, "Hey, Jim, you hang on until we get to the hospital. Yeah, until we get to the hospital, then you can let go." <laughs> <laughs> but this this sets him off, man, and 
And again, this, this whole scene where YTK runs up to Jim and he's just yelling in his face, Jim! And Jim's like, oh, oh, hurting. Jim! <laughs> I can't help but crack up every time I see that. But next thing you know, Rice is... Rice. Ross. Ross. <laughs> Ross, has got, Ross has got a samurai sword. And he's just killing ninjas left and right, man. Dude, yeah. and he's he, he's done, he's done ripped off his he shirt. He turns into just and this, he's got, this unstoppable badass right here. It's like Schwarzenegger in in the Predator. I mean, he's gone this far off the edge. He's not coming back, man. He's bloody from head to toe. He's just running and slicing ninjas up. It's it's awesome. This is what all those montage scenes of getting his nose squeezed by someone's big toe. <laughs> It, it, it all it all built up to this moment where he becomes a, a, a freaking serial killer, pretty much. Yeah. Everything was leading up to this moment. And, yeah, I've got it right here. It says, Ross and Ninjas, killing. Then it says, Jackie Chud, killing. At this point, they're just, they're wiping out every ninja that's there, which is probably, I don't know, 30? It's like a half of, <laughs> it's it's like a half of Orlando. And then you get the scene where the main ninja, Yoshido, is setting down... And resting, and another ninja runs up, and goes, "Boss, they're 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 killing us all." And I don't know if you got to see this or not, Johnny, but he pulls out his sword and cuts the other ninja's head off and starts laughing. Yes! <laughs> oh my god! Oh yeah! You know, I, that, I saw that. <laughs> it was like, uh, why, why, okay. why would you do that? <laughs> what a way to resolve oh. conflict! You know, you just imagine later they're talking to him and they're like. Yeah, so so when you were holding the head, you know the the laughter was a little bit unnerving. Yeah. I don't know if <laughs> it's like, did anybody call Frank's wife and tell her that he won't be coming home tonight? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I'll do it. Sorry. It's like we weren't we weren't concerned necessarily with uh, the the volume love, level of your laughing. It was the duration. It was a good twenty minutes. It's not, it's not the fact that you cut his head off per se. It's just that the fact that you found it kind of funny. I think you need to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> well, it went, it, it went your t- your ninja teaching license. <laughs> well, it went from and your uh, Otasco badge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get the final showdown where you got uh, uh, YTK fighting the white ninja. This is apparently this is what we've been waiting on the whole time, but we didn't know it. You know how you watch a movie and you're like, oh, there's your main bad guy. It's kind of like Cobra, right? You've got that main bad guy and you want Cobra and you want them to match up. Here's the big showdown. Well, this is what we got here, but we didn't know we were waiting on a white ninja for all this to happen. It just That's just kind of played out. And uh, so we get a lot of action here and, and, and uh, YTK gets a little cut across his leg, but that doesn't stop him. And uh, luckily, because we had such a long Taekwondo montage, he whips the white ninja pretty easily, even though the white ninja was training while the ninjas earlier in the montage. Um, he kills, well, you think he kills the white ninja, and he's laying on the ground, and then YTK does that thing where you do, you turn your back on him, you walk away like, he jumps back up, and uh, he thrusts at him with a knife, and he uses the same technique that we saw during that Taekwondo training to kill the ninja, where he takes his blade, turns it back the other direction, and stabs him right in the chest. It, you know, it'd been cooler if it'd been like a Jack Burton kind of thing, but it wasn't. It was just, hey, misdirection of the hand, make you stab yourself. So, yeah, we do this, and then somehow they get Jim back in the Cadillac convertible, and uh, 
take him to the hospital. Oh, <laughs> well, I like when they get to the hospital. The doctors, it, I mean, this dude has been carved like to shreds, and the doctor's like, "Yeah, he can go home. He's okay. It's like he's not even gonna stay overnight. Like one night for observation. I mean, come on. Well, that sewer water they drug him through. <laughs> I you know, know. Some healing properties. Or something. It, it took care yeah. of all of it. Some leeches, leeches got in there and fixed yeah. everything. So, uh, uh, but yeah, while we're at the hospital, uh, which is. This is something that doesn't make a lot of sense either because obviously this is the same day when this happens, right? So we purposely went and bought a ticket, an airplane ticket, for Jim to fly to wherever his dad is to meet him. But in the process of Jim being stabbed and sliced up, taken into the hospital, his dad is flown in from somewhere. I mean, how'd that happen? Who knowed how to get in hold, a hold of his dad? I don't know. Right? I think his dad flew in from the talcum powder factory. <laughs> I was just saying, it's like the guy they got to play Jim's dad is obviously like 10 years younger than Jim, and they just dyed his hair gray. Well, they didn't dye it. They didn't dye it. They They took baby powder and just squeezed it over his head, so there you go. You're an old guy. Uh, 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 (laughs) I I love the exposition of of him saying, yeah, I'm here. He's my son. I was wanting to know how he is. It's like, <laughs> what? You, you haven't for the past 30 years? Yeah. Well, your son. He was crying in our driveway last week about you. Yeah, your son was just involved in a, in a multi ninja massacre, but he'll be okay. You can take him home. And nobody's showing up to you know question these guys about why a dude has been split in half by a sword or why there's a bunch of dead bodies out here close to the airport or none of this stuff. <laughs> the police force got- does not matter in, in Florida at all. You got YTK sitting there. He's still wet from head to toe. You got Ross over here who's had a change of clothes because he ripped his shirt off. So somebody <laughs> gave him this ugly ass shirt. And uh, he's, you can tell he's still kind of in shock. And then uh, the drummer shows up and he's sitting over there too. And then you got Jim's dad. And uh, they, they yeah. actually then they know, killed Tom, didn't they? I, I don't know. I thought Tom, Wait, which one? I don't know. Tom the John, John Oates. He never went out there, did I thought he? They, they no, kidnapped him and then they killed him, didn't they? No, they saved him because he's the one that gave him the money to go get Jim a suit. Okay. It's it's that thing you got two of them that couldn't fight and three that could, but nobody dies because they're dragon sound. <laughs> <laughs> dragon tails. Dragon tails. Dragon fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then uh, they they roll Jim out in a wheelchair, and I'm I'm just trying to put a time concept of this whole shot because obviously this is right after the fight because dude's got a different shirt. He's still kind of messed up. They're all dirty and muddy from being out there fighting in the in the mud hole. Uh, his dad shows up. How quick did that happen? So how long has it been? Why didn't they go home and change clothes if it took that long? How did they sew up Jim so fast and kick him back out like nothing even happened? It's just a blur. It's, it's a blur. Well, at the end, though, they definitely make you know that this was always a Jim movie. <laughs> As they're rolling him out of the hospital. It's another <laughs> slow motion shot on him, like, laughing in the wheelchair. It's like So the, the movie became a Jim, a Jim movie, I think, in the last, like, 30 minutes. Again, no explanation. And then at the end of it, after we've killed a person in the band, their brother, we killed their brother, we've killed multiple ninjas. Our best friend's been split in half and sewn back together. Then you get that. Then you get that little uh, speech at the end, right? The only way to have world peace is to eliminate what to say violence. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. 
again, I, I don't think that I think something was lost in translation there because I feel like they they went about it the way they're telling you not to. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's like you know they should have just said if you want to have peace, don't mess with dragon sound, or they'll jack you up. <laughs> That's the way it should have ended. If you don't want them to find your severed head on a playground on a seesaw, <laughs> don't mess with dragon sound. And uh, that's the that's the conclusion of Miami Connection. What a connection it was! <laughs> I can imagine, you know, the storyboard for this them just trying to connect the dots. Like, so they're in Miami again? No, they're in Central Florida. Okay, so, yeah, Because no. <laughs> most people so, that yeah. know the area, it's like a good five hour drive. So it's like between them being in the same places at all times, it's like they're using a lot of gas, or they're just yeah. teleporting or something. It just it doesn't make a lot of sense. And and again, again, we haven't really gotten into it, but the way this all happened, the way this movie even came about, was YTK uh, was on a TV show uh, demonstrating he he's a he's a Taekwondo teacher, and he was advertising his new book or whatever was coming out. And some producer saw him on TV and approached him, found him, and said, uh, "Hey, you ought to think about making a movie because those movies are, are pretty big money right now." This is 85, 86. So, yeah. <laughs> he he went and borrowed money from, like, his friends and stuff to make this movie. So, 98% of this movie is YTK. He put all this together, come up with the storyline, gutted it, and went back and reshot stuff, which put some things out of context. I mean, it's 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 a mess. And he just kept trying. And that's what's amazing about this, because this movie was totally lost uh, up until about 2012. And what happened there was somebody had a an actual copy of this movie, which, again, it was never really distributed. It completely flopped, never even really made it out in the market in the 80s, even on VHS. And somebody on eBay had a copy of this movie for sale, and the guy that owns Draft House, Alamo Draft House bid on it, got the movie for 50 bucks <laughs> and fell in love with it, started showing it, you know, got permission to start showing it and it kept growing. Crowds kept growing to come see this goofy movie that nobody had even heard of. And he contacted YTK and asked for the rights to reissue it. And that's why now this movie is kind of everywhere and it was completely dead, completely lost, wasn't doing anything and <laughs> it's it's a pretty amazing story that th- there's a difference between the movies that come out now that are bad movies because they're initially trying to make them bad and the ones that think that they're making a good movie and again this show is made for this type of movie that's, that's actually what i was kind of explaining to my wife about it was that you know yeah, you can find so many movies nowadays that are just trying to be like the next The Room or Birdemic, but it's the ones, yeah, like this or, or a movie like Birdemic where the, direct, yeah. the director thinks that what he put out is like going to impact a lot of lives. Yeah. It does it's for the like wrong the difference reasons. between Birdemic and Birdemic 2. Right. A couple things for the, um, I noticed when I was watching the credits, um, there's, a, there's a character named Jeff's gang member. He's played by an actor named Ricky Morgan. Hey, what? yeah. And uh, there's a there's another character there's it. another character named Miami uh, drug lord and he's played by John Escobar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
This was all drug funded. <laughs> 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 I, I imagine if it wasn't funded, it was at least written on. So you just revealed the reasons why I said nobody should watch the credits. So you just blew my cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Ricky was the dancing, uh, the dancing dude, <laughs> the redneck. Absolutely. Yeah. Wait a minute. This, I think Ricky I... was John Oates. <laughs> I got a a good lesson from a bad movie for this. Uh, <laughs> I, there's just a scene, and it caught me off guard. Um, there's a, the restaurant owner when he starts brawling with the guys who are messing with him. And he's wearing that super cute Disney apron with Minnie and Mickey on it. <laughs> and it's like it's like the cuter the Disney apron, the more badass and lethal you are, apparently. Oh, How about man. you guys? Any good lessons? Yeah, man. To me, it's just, hey, if you get fired from a club, don't go try to beat up the owner. Just find another place to play. It's not that big a deal, guys. I think the only lessons I got from this film were like, one... Perhaps go to a a five and dime store and get like a, a cheap toupee instead of some baby powder, <laughs> and then um, never mess with Jim's correspondence because um, when Jim gets his correspondence, you're really going to see his true emotional center. So you don't want him. To- oh give, my god! Give Jim the letter. Oh my give god! Give Jim the letter because you you really want to see what Jim has to say. Again, just the craziness of this movie that all this is about a band, ninjas, drug lords. <laughs> And not a good band. Cartel. Yeah. I mean, all this is because a band wanted to play music and another band got pissed well, off this at is them. Basically, That's really the, nut- this is basically, <laughs> it's the nutshell of this movie. Basically, the nutshell of this movie is my uh, Florida has a terrible music scene. <laughs> well, I mean, that is where like you get your Matchbox 20 and stuff. Well, I'm, not, even, not even that. It's just like everybody down there who's like, you know, a musician just they want to kill each other for some reason i, I like this you guys you guys played a gig the other night didn't you uh yeah man it was awesome rock the house cut some heads off and uh yeah good good times yeah i saw it yeah we're called the the miami dragon sound machine i thought you were a little late on your guitar solo but man i liked how you kicked my sister in the stomach exactly gloria gloria escobar and the miami dragon sound machine dude <laughs> That would be an that would be an awesome shirt. Oh. <laughs> what about uh, the what were you thinking for me in this movie? It was just uh, too many feet on face, man. It was like it was guest directed by Tarantino. <laughs> I got one word for you: orphans. Yeah, orphans. Like, what is the significance <laughs> of them all being orphans? I mean, it really doesn't matter. It, it makes no difference whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and yeah. I still go back to that whole like, how long have these guys known each other? Because they're like, they seem like they're really good friends. But he's like, no, we are all opens. <laughs> it's like usually when you're an orphan, when you get out, when you're 18 years old, and you go live your life, it's like these guys spent all the time at the orphanage. It's like, hey, let's get an apartment together. Yeah, and, and it's and it's, oh, it's not man. cute to keep calling yourself an orphan when you're in your 40s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just gonna put it out we there. All orphans. This movie really reminded me a lot of the room because it's written in a way that, like, what Tommy Wiseau. They, they kept telling him, like Tommy, man, you know, people don't talk like this. And he's like, no, you got to read the script the way it is, way the way it's written. And that's the way this film feels. It's like yeah. it was written by someone who just ha- has no idea how human human beings behave. And then when they, they try to tell him that, and he's like, no, I want to, you know. Do it as written. That's what it feels like. It's amazing because that's that's exactly what this is. I mean, he had his whole vision 
was to push this movie and it to teach you the importance of Taekwondo. That's really what this movie come down to. He was trying to teach you. It's, it's kind of like what Travolta was trying to do with uh, Battlefield Earth. Teach you about Scientology. Same deal here. He was trying to push the agenda of Taekwondo and how important it is and how we're all orphans inside. <laughs> we need to find our fathers and, you know, and friendship. Yeah. Friendship forever is important. That's his. That was his end game. But, yeah, I just don't know that it was executed at all. No. Upgrades. Uh, what would you do to upgrade this movie? Overdub his voice. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? This movie this movie wouldn't be near as entertaining if you did that, though. Oh, no. I don't think I would change a thing you don't, about this film. You don't scare me at all. At all. <laughs> I don't think you can upgrade this film. I mean, it's just... Uh, you don't want to tamper with it. I, the only thing I would upgrade is I would have more karate fighting venue owners. Like, yes. I want to see more of how, how business goes down with these managers and stuff behind the scenes. <laughs> it all seemed like it was paper pushing and boring, but they're kicking the crap out of each other. If anything, I want to, I just, I want to see a, a prequel where we, where we meet Jim's Korean mother. She's like, she's like, no, no, Jim. I told you I was Creole. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Creole. Not, not Creole. Stop <laughs> crying already. <laughs> oh my god! I, I love the uh, the fact of the ad libbing of the lines too, because you can tell when they're like, hey, just get in an argument. You know, when you talk about the, the the bar owner and the guy from the band, there's even a scene where he goes, "You son of a, don't you give me a hard time." <laughs> it's like what? It reminds me of that movie we did where the guy's like, hey, pizza face. <laughs> hey, waffle face. <laughs> That's what it is, waffle face. Yeah. Hey, waffle boy. <laughs> where they're just told to say something and sound like, you know, vaguely har- harassing. Or <laughs> All right, let's give this thing a rating. Uh, Johnny, what you give it, man? Uh, I would give this a four. Just be- or, I'm sorry, uh, this is not four. Uh, the second seat on the bus. Yeah, because this movie is entertaining, and uh, you know, even though it's not going for comedy in a lot of the scenes that portray comedic actions, I think that it's—I don't know—it's burrowed into my heart, <laughs> like the leeches did when they drug Jim across that water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, what do you give it, man? Man, I think Miami Connection drives the bus, so it's all the way at the front. Nice. Wow. You know, I'm borderline front seat. I don't know if we've had a movie on the front seat, have we? I I don't know. I don't think so. I'm going to go with Johnny as well. I'm going to say the second from the very front. So up up close to the front. You guys are behind. I'm just going to say much. right behind. Just right right behind you. I'm close to a one though, man. I'm really close. I would almost say you're sitting in the second seat, but you got your legs straddled over the top of the first seat. <laughs> don't kick me. I'm driving. Well, that's cool, man. But, I'm glad you. I'm glad you guys enjoy this because uh, yeah. You never know with these movies. I mean, there are movies that I watch for this show that I go into that are like, you know, they're just movies that you knew they were bad back in the day, but you got fun, you had fun with them. And then Ricky and I talked about uh, Jack O, and I don't, I didn't remember that movie being as bad as it was. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> it's pretty bad. We covered that on the, the Hysteria Continues about two or three years ago. It's the thing about this movie is again, if you're a fan of bad movies in general. This is a must watch. I, I really, 
There's not many movies we recommend on here. Matter of fact, I can't think of any. But this one, I I encourage you to go check it out because I think you're going to be entertained in some form or fashion. We did the uh, um, party animal on here. That was a big recommend. Oh, party animals, fantastic! Well, That's well, guys, true. You also did. They call me Macho. One. Oh yeah, that movie's amazing. <laughs> But it's like what I what I say about a movie is like there are no bad movies. There are just boring movies, and as long as the movie's not boring, I don't if it's like you know my, that's a yeah, very good. If it's point. like Miami Connection, I don't care as long as it's entertaining. It shouldn't be, but it is, and it's not because it's martial arts. It's because everything between the martial well, arts every, is entertaining. It's everything. I mean, it has everything you could want in a bad movie. It's the perfect bad movie, really. All right. With that being said, we're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back. Yeah. New movie reviews all the time. See if these films age just like a fine wine. Oh no, we'll jack it up again. TV, games, and more with them. Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb are all the rage, but we'll lock those critics up in one cage. The Jacked Up Review Show, every Wednesday evening on Spotify, Podbean, Anchor, and other available podcast apps. show uh before we take off we want to thank joseph for coming on hanging out with us uh checking out this crazy movie that we highly recommend but uh before we go i want to give joseph a chance to kind of tell you what's happening over at the hysteria continues man what you got going on uh well i'm not sure when this episode is going to go out but by the time it does i'd imagine our last episode would have been screen three we've got a lot of stuff on patreon as well Uh, we're everywhere so just type in the hysteria continues if you like slasher films uh, you know, use that thing called Google, and you will find us. We're pretty much everywhere. So. Enjoy. Yeah, fantastic show. We have no idea what slashers are, so you have to be more more clear <laughs> on that. So, <laughs> well, you only said the word slash about Jim like fifty times. So I assume you had some knowledge. Jim, Jim. Hey, before I get out of here, guys, do I get a? Um, Hey, Macarena, you're gonna die. Oh, yeah. Macarena, you're gonna die. (laughs) It never gets old. Never gets old. Never gets old. (laughs) Folks, that's gonna do it for us. If you have recommendations, go to the Facebook page. Hey, just come give us a like on the Facebook page. Just let us know that you're actually listening, because I know we've got uh, some pretty good numbers and some downloads, but we just need more interaction from you guys. If you have suggestions for some movies that you think are crappy, uh, if you want to be a guest to come on with me and Johnny, hey, we're, we're open to all that kind of stuff. So uh, just put that stuff out there, and uh, let's keep this let's keep this bus rolling. Uh, Joseph, appreciate you coming on, buddy. It's always yeah, fun. Oh, yeah, dude, thanks. Johnny, you got anything else, man? No, man. I'm just glad to be back on the bus. All right, folks. That'll be it for us. We'll talk to you later. Adios. Peace. <laughs>